For the win. What's up, everybody? Hey, it's so good to see you guys. Welcome to M12. And I want to especially, I just want to welcome those of you who are here for the first time, some of our first time guests. We're so glad that you guys are willing to come and hang out with us on this summer, rainy, nasty night. And uh, if, you are, if you are one of our brand new students tonight, you got a yellow wristband, then right after the service, we have a gift for you, you and a friend. If you guys will join me right across the hallway, got a gift for you. Just want to meet you and all that good stuff. Tonight, we start a new series for the month of July called For the Win. Now, how many of you guys have ever used that term or phrase, For the Win? Anybody? Okay, all right, some of you, you with me? Some of you, how about hashtag? Anybody ever hashtagged it? A little bit more, okay, maybe not, all right, all right. Well, here's the thing, I love that phrase, for the win, right? And the reason why is because it always carries with it a positive vibe. Now, show of hands, how many of you guys watched any of the NBA Finals? LeBron James, anybody? LeBron James? Think about this, how many times have you watched a basketball game and the announcer's like, LeBron James for the win. And how many times does he make the shot? Pretty much 99.99% of the time, right? LeBron's the man. He's the best player. He's the best player uh, playing right now. He's not as good as Jordan, but he's the best player to play right now. Or how about this? How about how many of you guys have ever seen, you guys watch a, a game show like Price is Right? I used to love that show. And, and the contestant, the contestant's about to win a brand new car. And so like, uh, not Bob Barker, cause he's no longer the host, but Drew Carey will say, um, is this the right answer for the win? Right, and a lot of times the right answer and they get a brand new car, that'd be pretty cool. How many of you guys would like to win a brand new car? Amen, I would love that, yep. What if it, let me ask you guys this. What if the brand new car was like your grandmother's car? Would you still want a brand new car? Okay, cool. Just want to see if you guys are with me. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. When it comes to life, right, we all like to win. I can think of when I was a junior in high school. I was a junior in high school, and my varsity football team, we had a 26-game losing streak. It's funny. It's funny. For those of you that aren't sports fans, you don't know what I'm talking about. Let me tell you what that means. It means for 26 straight football games, we lost. We did not win a game until my junior year in high school. We were playing model high school and we won the game. It felt so good. It felt so good to win a football game for the win, you know what I'm saying? And we finally won a game and it felt good. And here's the thing, whether it's in relationships, whether it's on the sports field, whether it is your community or your friends, whether it is your family, whether it is in school, we all want to win in life. That's the key, we all want to win, none of us None of us like to lose. And so here's what we're going to do. Over the next couple weeks, we're going to take a look at a book in the Bible called Proverbs. And Proverbs is a book. It's right in the middle of the Bible. You can't miss it. As a matter of fact, if you guys want to grab your Bibles underneath you or in front of you and turn open to page 642, that's where we're going to land tonight. But literally right in the middle of the Bible, Proverbs. And here's the thing about Proverbs 
is Proverbs was written by King Solomon. And Solomon was, if not the, one of the wisest men to ever walk the planet. And what Proverbs is, is a collection, it's a collection of sayings. It's a collection of, of short sayings that ultimately will help you and will help me win in life. And so what we're going to do is we're simply going to take one proverb every week of this series. We're just going to take one proverb, one verse, one thing that we think will help you and help me, right, win at life. But before we get there, I want to give you guys a statement or rather a bottom line. And this bottom line, if you want to fill it out on your outline, you can. It's very simple tonight. It's a lot like the one Mike shared with us last week. But here it is. Gentle is greater than harsh. It's going to come on the screen. Gentle is greater than harsh. Now, I don't want to explain what that means yet. What I want you to do is I just want you to think about that statement tonight. Think about that statement. Gentle is greater than harsh. Now, one area that I think we all want to win at and in in our lives, and I think you would agree with me, is in the area of friendships. Because here's the thing. Some of you, maybe you, uh, you can remember a time or you've gone through a time when you had, uh, when you had no friends or when you had hardly any good friends, right? It's a tough place to be. And that's why you have to agree that having good friends in your life or real friends, people that you can trust and count on and walk through life with is a really important thing. As a matter of fact, show of hands, how many of you guys would agree that real friendships matter, right? You guys with me on that? So we want to have real friends in our life. We want to have people that we can lean on and lean into when things happen. And, and here's the thing. When it comes to friendships and winning in friendships, I want to give you guys a metaphor tonight that I think we can rally around that will help you to understand this a little bit Better. Now, how many of you guys have ever been whitewater rafting? Anybody ever been whitewater rafting? Here's the thing about whitewater rafting. I've been whitewater rafting just a couple times in my life, and every single time, I love it. So much fun to go whitewater rafting. Sometimes you think, dude, that looks scary, but when you're in the raft and you got the paddle and you're going for it, man, it is awesome. And if some of you... In the, in the room tonight, if some of you have never experienced that, you should go home tonight, tell your parents, let's go whitewater rafting sometime this summer. Yet what happens, right, when you're whitewater rafting, those of you that have been there, you know this, or for those of you that haven't, let me tell you, what happens is you're floating around, you're in the raft, you got your paddle, and you're hanging out with the people in your raft, and you guys are having a good time, man, you're telling jokes, you're laughing, and all this kind of stuff. Everything's calm, right? Yet... What happens is before you know it, you're headed towards some rocks that look rather terrifying. You're headed towards these rocks that look terrifying. Water starts to get tough. You're like, what is going on, right? And in a split second, your boat starts to tip. The, tap, the, the, the paddles start flying. Things start getting crazy. You're like, whoa, this went from calm to like crazy in just a, a, a matter of seconds and you think you're going to die. Maybe not, not really, but it's pretty crazy, 
right? That's kind of how whitewater rafting works. And, 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 and soon enough, it turns into this raft where you guys are good friends. You're hanging out, talking to each other. And then it turns into this. Everyone's in it for themselves, man. They're just trying to save their own life, trying not to fall out of the boat. If it means pushing you out to stay in, that's what happens, right? And so, and again, it's like instead of helping each other out, it's like I'm just going to survive, and I don't care if anybody else does, Right? Now, maybe you guys aren't catching this, and so I brought a quick video that just kind of shows about a one-minute video. Starts all calm, ends a little rough. Check it out. Just a little picture about what I'm talking about. Everything starts all calm, you know, and then they get to the rapids, and things start to get a little crazy. Things start to get a little crazy. Now, you don't have to be in a boat or on a river to feel that same way around some of your friends. Like, for example, no one has your back and everyone is in it for themselves. Maybe you have been in a place like that where things are going great, everyone's happy, your friends, man, you're tight knit, you're close, right? Then you hit the rapids. Then what happens is drama begins. One minute, it's all good, and the next minute, you find yourselves where there's Maybe it just takes one word or one look or one misunderstood text message or one like or one comment on an Instagram picture or post, right? And, and suddenly feelings get hurt, people start to get angry, and then the drama happens. And here's what I know to be true, is that all of us in this room when this takes place, when we hit the rapids, if you will, in our friendships, we have different ways of responding. For example, some of us, the way that we respond in that situation is we respond by sarcasm. We're sarcastic. We, uh, we always like to joke around. How many of you guys are jokesters, right? So we always like to joke around. But then what happens is when the drama begins, when the drama begins, we start to hit the rapids, what happens is that sarcasm kind of turns a little sharper and it begins to get a little mean. Or for some of you, maybe you can relate. You are just brutally honest. You just tell it like it is. And it doesn't matter if what you're saying is true. If it is true, it still comes across as being rude. Or for some of you, let's just have an honest moment because this is probably a lot of you. But for some of us, we use social media, don't we? We use social media to take stabs at people. One, one day, we're the best of friends. Man, you can't separate us. We're two peas in a pod. And then the next minute, something happens, and so social media blows up, and you guys start, man, you start posting all of the, the ugliest selfies of, of the friend that you have, and, and you start commenting on all their posts, and you start saying, God, your hair just looks so ugly here. When last week you were like, I love your new haircut. But that's what we do. We hit the rapids in our friendships. A lot of times we take the easy way out and we go to social media. And for some of us, maybe for you, you just, you exclude you get mad at somebody, somebody says something to you, rapids start to come in your friendships and you just ignore people. You just avoid them and you make it obvious. Now, here's what we know as human beings, 
We're great at making every excuse in the book when it comes to our behavior. So it's natural that these are some of our go-to responses, but here's the problem. The problem is they don't heal the situation. They don't fix the situation. Responding to drama with sarcasm or through social media or exclusion or whatever, brutally honest, nine times out of 10, probably 10 times out of 10, it's just going to lead to more drama. And a lot of you, you're hearing me and you can relate to this because this is what some of your circle of friends looks like. For some of you, you come in here and you sit together each week and some weeks you sit with this person because you guys are good, but the next week you, you, you are so far away from that person because you guys are in an argument. It's because you, you've got drama happening in your friendships. You've hit, you've hit the rapids. And more than just creating a cycle of dysfunction, what happens is that when we choose to respond in this way, it leads to hurt and it leads to pain. I think a lot of you could relate to that. Maybe even tonight you can relate to, you know, there is somebody that I used to be good friends with and now, and there's just so much between us. There's been so many things said or so many things posted that we're not even friends anymore. We don't even talk to each other. We don't even look at each other. When we look at each other, we roll our eyes. We use this nonverbal body language that just tells them that you hate them. And that's what happens. But sometimes, uh, no matter what the attack is, chances are you've been on the other side. And the reality is that someone has said something to you that hurt. And here's what happens when those things occur. You know that those comments cut deeper than the person realizes. How many of you have ever said something that you wish you hadn't said? Anybody? Thank you guys for being honest. So we say something, and honestly, what happens is that it cuts deeper than we realize or than they realize. Or it may be funny and humorous at first, but it's not very funny when it becomes about us. When we become the butt of the joke, it's not very funny. Or for you, maybe you know that the effects always last longer than you think. The fight may be a day, maybe a couple hours, but what was said, how it made you feel, it takes quite a long time for you to get over or for you to get through that. And here's the thing that I want us to, to really understand tonight. I think we get the point. I think we get what the issue is. And, and here's the reality is that while you and I cannot necessarily control what people do to us or what people say about us, here's what we can control. We can control the way that we respond and the way that we react. And King Solomon spoke to this. In, in Proverbs chapter 15, if you guys want to read with me on 642, we're just going to look at one verse, and it's the very first one. The Bible says this. It says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. I want to read that again to us. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Let me remind us of where we're going. Gentle 
is greater than harsh. Maybe you can kind of piece it together hearing the verse. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Now, what is Solomon saying? Well, Solomon is talking about a concept here. It's a very simple concept. Now, wrath, we don't use the term wrath a ton, but when the term wrath is being used, it's talking about anger. It's it's talking about fighting or when things reach a boiling point and it gets and leads to the beginning of drama. That's what he's talking about when he says wrath. And Solomon is instructing us tonight He's instructing us that there's another way to handle it than going into drama. Think about whitewater rafting. When you get to the rapids, even if you haven't been, you can see the the video and know what I'm talking about. But when you go and you're paddling and everything's calm and quiet and cool, right? And you go right and you're paddling. You don't have to paddle straight through the craziness of the rapids. Rather than paddling straight through, you have an option, you have a decision, you have a choice, and you can choose to steer around them. As a matter of fact, if you go straight through, then you may die. Just kidding, not really. But you may get hurt. You may fall out of the boat. Your head may hit the, the, the rock, and that could be a concussion. And then you go to the hospital and then you have stitches in your head and then you go home and then you feel terrible and you have a headache for days, right? You see what I'm going at? But if you just steer around the rapids, perhaps you could avoid what could happen. So what does this mean for our friendships? Well, it means that we have a decision and we, we can choose to turn away Not from the person, but from the drama. The reality is that in middle school, I think we actually like to play and dwell and live and have fun in drama. It's kind of like when you go as a kid, you go to the playground at McDonald's and they've got the the whole deal of the boss and you just kind of play in that, or when you're at Sky Zone and you're jumping into all the spongy things, and a lot of you, you wish you could just kind of live in there for a little bit. You could just take a nap in that stuff. And that's exactly the way that we treat drama a lot of times. If you're honest with yourself, it's almost like you've got this flashlight, this, you know, the thing, you've seen the headlamps, and it's, it's like you've got this imaginary headlamp and you're just looking for drama. You just want to go where the drama takes you. Instead of steering clear, you want to head right in. And every single time what happens is you end up getting hurt or you end up hurting someone else and your friendship begins to fail. But Solomon doesn't just tell us to steer clear. He says this, he says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. When it comes to the sticky situations in your life, in your friendships, the moments, right, where you're about to hit the rocks, this is what Solomon tells us. Solomon says the way around, the way to steer clear is a gentle answer. Gentle is greater than harsh. 
The way to steer clear instead of paddling straight through is a gentle answer. But if you want to create more drama and more heartache and more hurt and more pain, that's when you're harsh. Because we know that our words are so powerful. A lot of times we don't realize it, but we know it's true. Our words are powerful, powerful things in life. So if you want to avoid the rapids, gentle is greater than harsh. Gentle is greater than harsh. Now I want you to think about whitewater rapids again for a second. What is it that causes some areas in the water to be gentle and calm while other areas are crazy scary? It's always, think about this, it's always something under the surface. It's the rocks that you can't see that cause the water to stir. And Solomon is saying that your words have that power. Your words have the power to do the same thing. A gentle word to someone else can help you steer clear, but a harsh word can stir up even more drama. Gentle is greater than harsh. And for a lot of you, you can relate to this. You know this because you've been on the other end. You know how it has felt when somebody, maybe you were expecting for them to be harsh or angry or upset or disappointed or frustrated or mad or mean, and instead they were gentle. Maybe for you it's apparent. You did something that you shouldn't have done really bad. You did something your parent told you not to do, and you were expecting mom, dad, whoever you live with, they get home, and you're like, my world's about to end. And then they come up to you, and they... They say something gentle. Now, this doesn't happen every time. But you know how that made you feel. Or maybe for you, it's, it's a coach. You, you, maybe you were in LeBron James' shoes and you missed the game-winning shot for the win. And you thought your coach was going to be mad or disappointed. And instead, he came and picked you up off the court, put his arm around you and just said, hey, there's always the next game. Or maybe for you, it was a sibling. Some of you girls can probably relate. You borrowed something from them, and then you spilt Kool-Aid, if you ever drink Kool-Aid anymore, or whatever, and you ruined her shirt. You ruined big sister's shirt, right? And you think they're going to, like, clothesline you and slap you, and then they just say, you know what? I didn't like that shirt anyway. Now, nine times out of 10, they'll probably slap you. But that one time, that one time, and here's what I want you to think about. When that happened and when that person, whoever they were, responded in that way, what is it that happened? Because I can guarantee you that you didn't go to this place where you didn't like them, where, where you... Uh, didn't trust them, it probably actually made your relationship with that person even better when they could have been harsh, but instead they were gentle. See, a lot of times students, instead of looking for drama, 
If you would choose, because again, you can't control what happens to you or what someone else says about you, but what you can control is how you respond and how you react. You can control what you put on Instagram, whether it's a, a nice compliment to a friend or someone who's an acquaintance, or whether you just dig into the rest of the drama like everyone else does. You have that choice. You have that control. And a lot of times, just one gentle term, one gentle answer allows you to steer clear of, like Solomon was saying, wrath, drama. But when we get harsh, when we decide to feed the drama, nothing good comes from that. And I want you to understand that uh, gentle is greater than harsh. Now, I know what you're thinking, and, and, and I understand where you're at. I know that every situation, every relationship, every friendship is different. I know that. I know that things happen, things occur, and it's not always easy to just, you know, get a slap in the face and then share a gentle word with that person. I get that. That's not necessarily what I'm telling you uh, to do tonight. But what I would say is, is simply this, that people will attack you. People will hurt you in life. People will ignore you at times. And when that happens, sometimes it's hard to know what you should do, how you should respond. But what that doesn't mean is that you jump on the bandwagon with everyone else and dig into even more drama that's being stirred. Students, you have the ability to end the drama. You can do that. And there may be times where the best thing for you to do in a situation like one of these is to walk away for a few days, until you're ready to have a conversation, until you are prepared to share a gentle word. I'm not saying that it's a right away situation or a right away thing that you can do. It takes time sometimes to share a gentle, encouraging word with someone else. But this is what I want to challenge you with, and then we'll wrap up. Decide when it comes to relationships in your life, when it comes to the friendship that you have with people, whether you are going to stir up the rapids or turn and steer around them. And if I could give you one thing that I would encourage you to do from this time, from this message, from this talk, it would be this. Steer clear and encourage. Steer clear and encourage. Think about the friendships that you have. Think about your best friend. Maybe they're in here tonight. Maybe they're not. Think about that person. When that person or when you encourage them or they encourage you, right, you can never get enough encouragement. Like you don't reach a point in life where you're like, okay, I have been encouraged way too much today. I'm tired of that. I'm going home. 
It just doesn't happen that way because we thrive, we feed off of being encouraged. That's what Solomon was getting at is a gentle answer has the power, a word has the power instead of creating drama to take it away. And so steer clear and encourage. What is one thing that you could do even tonight to encourage someone in your life, a friend in your life? What's one word or one sentence or one thing that you could do for a friend of yours that just would be encouraging? Maybe complimenting them, maybe telling them that you're grateful for their friendship and understand that just that one single action can carry huge weight in your friendships. I want you to be an encourager. That's the key. And the last thing is this. This is something that I want to challenge everybody with. You don't have to take it. But I'll tell you this. If you take this challenge, it will help you win at life. Now, in the month of July, there are 31 days. And in the book of Proverbs, there are exactly 31 challenges or 31, excuse me, chapters. So here's the challenge that I have for you. And it begins tonight. It begins tonight. We're going to post up on our Instagram that'll help you. We're going to, different staff members of M12, we're going we're to pick verses out of each chapter that really relate to us or that really jump out to us. We're going to put them on Instagram. But here's the challenge. For the next 31 days, beginning tonight when you get home, I am challenging you to read one proverb over the next 31 days. And here's what's cool about that challenge. If you read one proverb a day, beginning tonight for the next 31 days, then the first month of school, you would have gone into school having read a whole book of the Bible. It's pretty cool. If you think about it, and, and if you take this challenge, this is what I can guarantee is going to happen. There's going to be some verses in there that you, you know, that maybe, maybe they don't make sense. There's going to be some verses that kind of scream out at you and you're like, wow, that is really cool. I really get that. That really relates because Proverbs is full of little golden nuggets that will help all of us. And here's the thing, when it comes to winning at life, if you take this challenge and read one proverb a day, I guarantee you, you are, you're going to be more able to win. You're going to be more able to win. So that's the challenge. Let me pray for you guys, and we'll wrap up. God, thanks so much for tonight. Help us to remember what King Solomon talked about, that gentle is greater than harsh. That gentle is better than harsh. And God, when we're tempted, when we want to be harsh with a friend or harsh in a relationship in our life, help us to remember tonight. Help us to remember what the wisest man wrote. That a gentle answer turns away drama or wrath. But a harsh word creates more. Stirs up anger. Help us to remember that. God, I pray around this room, as I look around this room for these students, some of them, they need to be encouraged. Some of them, they need to be an encourager. 
So I pray that you would help them to take that challenge of steering clear of the rapids and encouraging someone else. And God, as we head into 31 days in this month, I pray that you would use the book of Proverbs to help us win in our friendships, in our family. God, everything that we do, that you would use this book to speak loudly to us. And God, I pray this. I pray that if there is one student here tonight who is in a difficult place with a friend, that God, you would, you would help that student to know what they need to do. Help them to know what they need to say to them. Maybe they need to write a letter to them. Maybe they need to call them. Maybe they need to text them. And I pray that you would help them to know what that looks like. So God, we love you and we thank you and we pray these things in Jesus' name, amen.